Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Indeed, welcome to church, welcome to The Gathering. We're so happy you could join us for this very special birthday celebration. Uh, Phil mentioned that this whole adventure started just three years ago, and we have been overwhelmed by the goodness and grace of God right from day one. So thank you for coming today to celebrate with us today, our third birthday. In our current teaching series called Endangered Species, we've been talking about certain characteristics or qualities that are in rather short supply today. We talked about courage, and we've spoken about integrity. And this morning, I would like to add vision to the list. I think that vision inspired by God is also in short supply these days. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But where there is a clear and compelling vision, businesses and organizations generally flourish. And so do churches, and so do followers of Jesus. Moses, who was a leader in the Old Testament, a leader among the nation of Israel, was a man who had strong vision. And that vision made all the difference uh, in the nation and also in his life. So please open your Bibles this morning or your Bible app to Hebrews chapter 11. And if you have neither a Bible or a Bible app, uh, worry not. The words will appear on the screen behind me for you to read along. Hebrews chapter 11 I'm going to begin reading at verse 23. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel." So Moses, because of circumstances, made a lot of tough decisions along the way. A lot of decisions that were anything but simple or easy. But he made them with confidence and with conviction because of the vision he had of God. And the vision that God had given him for the future. For one thing, Moses had a vision of the promise of God. Verse 26, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Why? Because he was looking ahead to his reward. Moses was looking ahead to his reward, to the promise of God. He was not living only for today. He was living for the future. He had, he had the future in his heart. He was looking ahead to his reward. Furthermore, Moses also had a vision of the God of promise. He not only had a vision of the promise of God and started to look ahead to his reward, but he actually had a vision of the God of promise. 
By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. So when you have, when you have a vision of the promise of God, and you have a vision of the God of promise, you can make all kinds of decisions, no matter how tough how or how difficult they may be. You can make those decisions with confidence and with conviction, just like Moses. For one thing, when we have a convincing vision of God, it's much, much easier to refuse the pleasures of sin. Glance back at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And I think we'd all admit here that sin can be fun sometimes. But they're fleeting pleasures of sin described in Scripture. They're temporary. You might have fun for a night, but look out next morning. Right? You might have fun on Friday night and Saturday night, but by golly, you've got to go to church on Sunday morning and you ain't going to feel good. The, the, the pleasures of sin are fleeting pleasures. They don't last for a lifetime. They're here today and gone tomorrow, and all you have to live with after that is regret. Am I right? With full knowledge, Moses refused to be known as the Pharaoh's grandson. I mean, the, he grew up in the lap of luxury, but he made a choice to be mistreated with the people of God rather than to enjoy these fleeting pleasures of sin that come and go from time to time. He made a choice. He refused the pleasures of sin and all that the word world had to offer. So that leads me to believe that when you have the promise of God and when you have a vision of the God of promise and you know that your father is a good, good father, and you know that Jesus is your Savior, and you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you, and when you're a child of God, saved by grace, redeemed by the blood, and filled by the Spirit, then it's so much easier to say no to the pleasures of sin and yes to the grace of God. It's so much easier. When you walk by faith, you can set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth, and you can be confident that he who began a good work in you will bring it to fruition in the day of Christ, and believing that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man, and God is faithful, he'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you're tempted, he'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it, for it is God who is at work in you to will and to work according to his good pleasure, so that you do not love the world or anything in the world. So all of Scripture attests to the, to the fact and to the need that we need to say no to sin. We need to refuse the pleasures of sin and say yes to the grace of God because you cannot chase the world and all the pleasures of sin and chase the vision of God at the same time. They are utterly and totally incompatible with each other. Amen. <laughs> at least one of us believes that. <laughs> They're incompatible. So you're either going to chase the world and a vision that the world wants you to have, or you're going to chase after the vision of God and God's best for your life. What's it going to be? I have decided. 
That's good. Okay, yeah, enough, Dave, enough. <laughs> you got the picture. You got the story, right? You're on the path. When you decide to follow Jesus, Jesus gives you a vision of God the Father and of your great reward that is waiting for you. Furthermore, when you have a credible vision of God, you will be called upon to evacuate the comfort zone. You can count on this. You can count on it. Hebrews 11.27, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. You see, his perseverance, his endurance in the walk of faith was real because he had a vision of God. He, he, he saw him who is invisible. And, and that also caused him to evacuate the comfort zone. Moses left Egypt. He left the luxury and the, the, the happiness and the joy and the amenities and the magnificence. But mostly, he left the comfort of Egypt. And when he left Egypt, he did so by faith. He had no first-hand proof that where he was headed was a better place. There were no guarantees whatsoever. How many of you have ever moved in your life from one house to another, one city to another? Lots of us. But you always knew where you were going, right? I mean, you bought the house in... City XYZ or wherever you were moving to, you knew that it had a pool, you knew that it had, you knew that, and you knew how much it cost, and you knew who your neighbors were going to be, and you knew what school your kids were going to go to, you knew what job you were going to go to. There was no risk involved. When Moses left Egypt, nada. He had nothing. He didn't know what he was going to, but he walked by faith. And what's better, he, he saw that that what God was offering was better than anything Egypt had to offer. Now, God may not be calling you to leave your city. He may not be calling you to leave your country. He may not be calling you to leave your family or your father's house. But he, he does, from time to time, call you out of the comfort zone, right? I mean, when we planted the gathering church just a little over three years ago, I had no idea what we were doing. I, I didn't have a clue about church planting, and most of us were in the same boat. We didn't know what we were doing. It was a, it was a step of faith. I, I tell you, it was a step of faith. We were meeting in the Roseland Golf Course Clubhouse when we decided we'd start to investigate what it took to form a church. Wow, we never planted a church before, yet we stepped out by faith and out of the comfort zone, not fearing the scorn of other churches or other Christians or other pastors. We persevered because we saw Jesus leading us forward one step at a time, step by step, day by day. And here we are, three years later. And you know something else? We just bought a building. We just, we just bought a building. We're, we're only three years old. And, and, and we, we bought a building a smack dab in the middle of the city, six acres of property in a 12,000 square foot building. I mean, can you believe that? So they left 1821 Provincial by faith. And they went into another building, another place to start all over again. Why? 
Because we see Him who is invisible. And because God has given us a vision for our church that we must fulfill by the grace of God. I mean, do you have a sense that God is up to something? <laughs> do you? I do. You have a sense that God is up to something new and fresh in our church, in the community, in your home, in your school? I do. I just sense that God is at work in us and through us and with us and for us. And where it will lead, I don't know. But one thing I know, He's going to continually call us out of our comfort zones. Third, when you have a captivating vision of God, you might also be summoned to persist in the unknown. What does that mean? Well, just take a look at verse 28. By faith he, meaning Moses, kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. What does that mean? Not everyone here this morning is familiar with the Old Testament, so it requires a little explanation. The, the backstory to Hebrews 11.28 is actually found in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 12, and the, the, exodus, uh, the exit of the, the, the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. They were there, they were exiled, and they were in Egypt, now they're coming out of Egypt, and that's what the book of Exodus is all about. The events that are leading up to the exodus of Israel from the land of Egypt is the backstory to Hebrews 11.28. And these events are taking place somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 1446 to about 1260 BC. So it's a long time ago, and it's an old, old story, but it's a very important one. Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, would not permit the Jews to leave Egypt to worship God. And in spite of untold suffering to his own people, Pharaoh continued to harden his heart against God. He would not submit to the authority of God. And he paid for it, and so did his people pay for it. And the Lord brought a, a plague upon Pharaoh and the land of Egypt. And only those people whose, whose door frames had been, had been painted with lamb's blood would survive. You have to admit this is a, a little strange. It's a strange story. I mean, if, you, if you didn't know much about the Bible, you'd never picked up the Old Testament, and you read this story, you'd go, oh my goodness, what are they talking about? It's, it's, un, it's uncommon as an understatement. It's, it's perplexing and it's unexpected. It's one of those really weird events in our spiritual history. You have to mark your... House with blood, you have to take lamb's blood and sprinkle it on the top and on the sides of the door frames of your house in order to be saved. But Moses, by faith, believed what God said, and they acted in faith and obeyed the Lord's command. He stepped out of his comfort zone. Not very comfortable sometimes to do what God asks you to do, but he did it. And uh, as a result, he, he took his place in this uncommon life of faith. And of course, the New Testament book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus left the comforts of heaven 
He left all the glory and wonder and majesty of heaven, came to earth, was born of a virgin, lived a perfect and sinless life upon the earth. But at the end of his short 33 years or so on earth, he walked the road to Calvary and eventually sprinkled his own blood on the cross. The Lamb of God sprinkled his blood, shed his blood on the cross, just like the, the, the blameless, the, the unblemished lamb in the Old Testament had its blood sprinkled on the doorpost. So now Jesus is sprinkling his blood on the cross, shedding his blood, and through him, God provides salvation who, for all who will trust in him. And we have that great verse in the book of John, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So we participate in this uncommon, unconventional plan of salvation when we repent of our sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him for salvation. Every time an individual steps out of the comfort zone and says yes to Jesus, repents of their sin and trusts in Christ, they're born again by the Spirit of God. And, and then we persist in the uncommon life of faith. Why? Because we see Him who's invisible. That is the vision that's missing today. A vision of God. A vision of the glory of God. A vision of the power of God. A vision of the forgiveness of God. A vision of the glorious gospel of God. We need that vision today. And we need men and women, young and old, to lock arms with us. We need people like, like Samantha and Isabel and Katie who were baptized today to say, okay, let's go. I've declared my faith publicly. Now, come on, let's do this. Let's keep on loving and growing and serving and multiplying to the glory of God. Our eyes are looking ahead to our reward. So we must persist. We must persist in this uncommon life of faith. We must. Trust Him with your kids. Trust Him with your health. Trust Him with your education. Trust Him with your business. Trust Him with your marriage. But trust Him. That's the uncommon life to which we've been called. We see the promise of God and we see the God of promise and that's what keeps us going. Our confidence... Our confidence in the vision of God is what gives us confidence in the vision that God has given us for our church. We exist to bring glory to God through lives changed by the gospel. And the three lives that we witnessed being baptized today are just, just three of the people at the gathering who've had their lives changed by the gospel. And we believe that God is calling us, calling men and women to lock arms as we seek to, to influence and change Windsor-Essex and keep multiplying the number of churches that are available, that are gospel-centered churches. By His grace and for His glory. You with us? Amen. Let's pray together.